you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Previously on DDFP. I think that there will be a, a, a key turnover, too, that swings the game yeah. toward the Eagles. Wide open. Drops the ball. Eagles pick it up. They've got the turnover. I'm taking the Ravens, man. They, the Ravens are going to go 0-3. Cincinnati hands the Ravens their third straight loss. When will Johnny Football see the gridiron again? Probably three minutes and 46 seconds into the third quarter. Johnny Manziel on the sideline. The dog pound is chanting for him. My turquoise heroes after last week are no longer my heroes. He's not a machine. He's a man. You remember that whole scene? I, th I mean, I thought you were going there. I got all... But I know you're more of an early Rocky guy. No, 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 no. I'm absolutely false. One through four. Solid goal. Yeah. Five is when Five I is when damage you take, take that out there. And hello, football fans. It's your old pal, Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program presented by McDonald's. Welcome to the show. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, NFL.com, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. And as you can see here, we are out on the fancy stage and we are joined by fancy company starting off with late of the Oakland Raiders and Jacksonville Jaguars. Maurice Jones Drew, what's the poop, fella? I'm doing well. How are you, Dave? I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to see you, MJD. Same. On the other side over there, all the way away from his new best friend, MJD. Are you guys going to be uh, okay sitting this far apart even? We, we can deal with it. It's <laughs> of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ike Taylor, everybody. What's the poop with you? That says it all. That says everything. We're going to talk about... poop. Yeah, well... <laughs> smells good. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've been watching Bruce Arians uh, in the locker room after the games. I think he invokes something like that on Sunday. And lastly, all the way from London, England, he is our resident Miami Dolphins fan. That means he's in a sour mood right now. It's it's handsome Hank, everybody. Why don't... Why? Like, why I can't get that? Why handsome Hank got to get something like that? No. That's sweet. That's right. That's sweet. When did you do that? Hey, That's I right. did that the other day. What, what the hell? And a summer in front of it. That's legit. It's, How are you, handsome good. Hank? I'm good because I like these guys seeing that and the big wow. smile on their faces. Wow. Well, if you, you don't even have that. No, indeed. He I thought I've said, I've said it, but, no, well, but not no. that cool. That's that better. Pretty that. nice. That's pretty good. You like that it? That was like the old 007 video game on Nintendo 64. His throwing range was horrible, though. Yeah, well, yeah. And you're a lefty? Well, I'm a lefty. I mean, that looks good. You don't like itself. his move for a British guy. He looks pretty good throwing a ball, British, right? British, I'm British, fully British, half British. <laughs> As you can see, we're all okay. represented by our football teams here Steelers, what? Jags. Well, Ike is a big, well, he loves Tom Brady. Okay. That's his fantasy QB. Right. 12 years with the black and gold, and what's his first move is to draft Tom Brady to be his fantasy QB. I yeah. don't care for the move. Handsome, your Dolphins, yeah. though, not looking so good. Can we so take good. them off the table? We're, no. We got to talk about that. We're going to get into Big Ben, what's going down there. All these teams, 0-4, 0-3, high-profile teams at that. We've got lots to look ahead to. The Sheck Report, right now, though, I want to share something with you. Take a look at a video I got on Sunday morning 
about uh, from one of the uh, DDFP listeners, a member of the Czech Republic. Take a look at this. He's running the Chicago Half Marathon. What's up, Czech? Running the Chicago Half Marathon. Listen to GDFP. Gonna watch the Steelers. Bring home another victory. Yeah. All right. So what? I don't know. I mean, on one hand, That's it's definitely. nice he's doing it. He's listening to us. Kibitz about pro football. In Chicago, he's wearing a seven jersey. I don't know if there's a curse related there. Seven with the knee injury. No, a little creepy know. to get that, you know, a, a it's man. It's going to be what it's going to be, Shaq. What do you I think mean, of the that? Man, the man was nice enough to make that video. Right. That's, that's a real true fan. Right I like there, it. Shaq. I'm going to tell you, if I was running a marathon, the last thing I'd be thinking about is making a video. Even for you. half a marathon. <laughs> like, half that, a marathon is more than period. half I'm doing. What um, was that? You know what, MJD? What is the song that you listen to on game day? In the hour or so before the big game? Uh, in the air of the night. In the air? To, what, the Phil Collins Phil song? Phil Collins, yeah. High school. That or <laughs> Lunatic Fringe. Those are all high school things. <laughs> That's the <laughs> Phil Collins? Yeah, it gets you going. Sue, it's, Sue, Studio. Ike Taylor, how say you? Lil Wayne, 36 O's. We can't talk about that, though. All right, we won't talk about okay. that. Hey, join us. You know, maybe your video will get played. Hashtag DDFP. Like I say, we have a lot to kibitz about. Let's start off with very important stuff. And like I mentioned, Big Ben Roethlisberger, the story of week three Sunday going down with what looked like a season ending. I mean, I think we were all sitting oh, out there. No, I, you made it seem like the No, it looked grim, end. though. It, 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 you was extra. You you put you the extra so on extra. it. I like. I, I really didn't understand how big of a fan you were until Sunday. It, it like, kind of the show went down. Went down. Yeah, yeah and I was like, like, until we put our cowboy hats on, you put your cowboy boots on. The show boots went on. back up. Speaking, of course, about game day blitz, you can watch that every Sunday. MJD, Ike, myself, a bunch of other characters sitting out there watching pro football. You get to hang out and watch it along with these fellas as they provide some insights. And uh, make sure you check it out at NFL.com and NFL Now. It's game day blitz. That's right. I did get upset when Roethlisberger went down there. Listen, this thing, I don't understand when players get upset about a fan like myself. I've been with the Steelers for decades. Certainly, I care a lot more about what happens with the Pittsburgh Steelers than a guy who got drafted six months ago but does. Shaq, you, I get the we and us Shaq, all I want. We was at work. <laughs> we were trying to do a show. You, I thought you, you, you were shed a tear. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know? He was like, "Remember when I said I had to, damn near? Remember when I said I had to I had to go make water? Yeah, How do you know that water didn't come out of my eyeball? I don't know, but you were like over there panicking. Yeah, you started to turn a little red. You started you fidgeting. Gotta, you got to stay you focused. Were stuttering. Sure. All right. Nonetheless, it looks like Roethlisberger dodged a bullet. Steelers fans dodged a bullet. Relatively speaking, four to six weeks is now the word. Now. The glass half empty will tell you that the Steelers are doomed. They might win one game, says Rodney Harrison on Sunday Night Football. Let's start with you, Ike Taylor. What do you think about what the Steelers have a shot at doing here with Mike Vick under center? I'm there? going for all these six games. I mean, me and MJD was talking about this earlier. Like, now your, play, your playbook gets shorter. Yep. So all these exotic passes, formations you was doing with number seven, you're not doing that anymore. Your, your ground and pound game gets Thicker. So between Le'Veon and D'Angelo Williams, hey, y'all boys going to see between 35 to 40 touches. I don't know how, but we're going to find a way. So instead of going down the field, have an opportunity for Vic to get hurt, our second string quarterback, man, it's going to be slants, crosses, curls, hitches. Now I'm getting A.B. the ball right now. Mm -hmm. So if I see a cornerback eight yards off of A.B., I'm throwing A.B. the ball right now. And hopefully A.B. can make a play and get me six. So that's my game plan from here on out. Handsome Hank, I, you know, again, four weeks, maybe six weeks. What's your guess on how many of the Steelers pull out here? They start on Thursday night already at home against the Ravens. Let's keep in mind, the Ravens are 0-3. Uh, the, the Chargers aren't off to a great start. They're 1-2. I think those are imminently right. winnable games. But if you look at the, the, the three quarterbacks that this last weekend had to come in and take over from a starter, you've got Luke McCown, you have Brandon Whedon, um, and you had Jimmy Clawson. And those teams didn't win. But they play better than everyone expected. Sure. And Mike Vick is a better quarterback than any of those three guys, and he's coming into a way better situation than any of those three guys. Maybe a short week against a Ravens team that had a pretty demoralizing loss against the Bengals in the last minute. I don't know why you wouldn't expect them to get a win day one, and then from there they, they kind of roll through. Yes, Ike. Just to add one more thing, 
their defense has been playing pretty good. You know what? You've mm-hmm. been pointing that out, and everybody's ripping it online, but I don't think they're paying attention. Yeah, between the teams they're playing right now, they, they have the best defense out of that schedule so far right now. MJD, first of all, you had that kind of injury. But first, actually, let me ask you this. Don't teams, of, to Handsome's point, it seems to me that at least for one week, maybe two, teams have a habit of rallying around the QB and taking the pressure off of him. We saw that even though those teams didn't win in week three. It seems like the Steelers are going to get together. I mean, the short week against the Ravens. I feel like they have a good shot against uh, Baltimore this uh, well, Thursday night. It's hard for a team to know what Michael Vick's going to do. I mean, we know he can run, but you don't know how you're going to game plan. except to Coach Haley to go out there and devise a game plan that fits Michael Vick. That's the biggest thing. We can't do what Big Ben does. But whatever Vick does well, we have to do more right. of that. And so I think when he's when he's able to do that, like we, like uh, I said, you'll see more Le'Veon out of the backfield, more D'Angelo Williams, probably more Heath Miller, mm-hmm. uh, more AB on those short routes. But then again, your your special teams has to pick up, your defense has to pick up, and your coaching has to pick up. And I, I think they win. I'm with like I think they win four out of those six games. I mean wow. I think they steal this one in Baltimore as well. Baltimore's down. They're, they're finding a way to lose than finding a way to win. Right. <laughs> and and I, I mean, that, that's just being nice. It's, it's not looking good down there. All right, well, Kip, right it's about them. But you had that injury, and you confirm what I've heard elsewhere, which is that after about a month, it's really the bone bruise and, and dealing with the, with the pain. True? Yeah, I had that injury in 2008, I think. And so I played the next game, but it was only one more game left to play, and I wanted to finish out with my team. I knew that year we were going to have a lot of turnover, so I wanted to play with uh, my guys one more time. But, yeah, it's all about – anytime it's an MCL, it's all about pain tolerance. If you can – some guys have higher, lower hours. You know, Big Ben, you know, he could be out three weeks. You just never know. He Um, is famous for playing through all the injuries there. Is that true? Like, people whisper that it's a little – he likes to pretend he's John Wayne. I can't go. I can't go. (laughs) Oh, wait, it's two minutes from game time. All right, I'm going to give it a shot. True or no? No, nah, big, big, <laughs> big Ben is the real deal. Like I, I, I feel like he fits that city. He fits that mold. Like he's one of one of the only guys can play play with his injuries. I mean, look at from his rookie year all the way to now. Like the man has sustained so many major injuries. I'm talking about he came from a accident. He ate um, a Buick. He, he tried to eat a Buick. A Buick <laughs> come back and throw a touchdown. Like you don't eat a Buick and then throw a touchdown. Usually guys sit out for that whole year. Seven ain't doing that. He, in fact, uh, late in his career now looks like he did, in he fact, eat a Buick. Buick. That's okay. It's a heavy set joke. Now, listen. <laughs> that wasn't funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ike. Shit. They can't all be winners. Hey. I see. Except for football, <laughs> baby. He's a winner just about all the time. Football, baby. He's the baby who picks football games. A little bit of a controversy in week three, 2015, with his picks here. Take a quick look here at how he did. He picked four games. Let's run through them real quick, and I want to get your opinions on what happened here. There's some controversy about which team he actually picked here. Roll it. Football baby. The baby who picks football games. It is time to choose. Bengals, Ravens, AFC North. Who wins? Ravens back on track. The main course on Sunday night. Broncos, Lions, choose. Whoa! The Lions. Oh, South Beach diet. Surf and turf. Bills. Dolphins choose. Interested in food lover Rex Ryan. He is a victor. The Bills. Okay, football baby. Derek Carr at the dog pound. Choose. McCown? Let's start with you, Ike. How do you feel there? Maybe it's you's error on my part. I thought when he pushed that team, that's nah, who he was picking. The, the one he left on top was the one he was picking. But, yeah. Shaq, you're brainwashing your kid. What does that mean? So you have uh, – talking about 
A donkey? Was that a donkey? Yeah, talk about it wasn't, it was a bronco. It wasn't a like horse. A unicorn. Yeah, that was a, Are you that kidding was the me? wrong tool. I don't have, I don't have uh, every stuffed animal at it, my disposal. You, I feel like it's a horror movie. <laughs> oh, football. Turvy, <laughs> turf. Oh, How do you tell him surf and turf? You can't use this. I was getting nervous. I was getting scared. <laughs> you can't use that kind of voice talking to a baby like that. That baby has some big kahunas. Well, <laughs> listening to MJD, you. you agree with Ike on this? Yeah, I think he was three and one. Handsome yeah, Hank. Yeah. All right. He the jury right. has spoken. User error on my part. I misread football babies picks. Three and one. That means lifetime now football baby goes to a glistening 37 and 15. That's, that's how good. That's Brainwash it all you want, Ike. Listen. No, you're really brainwashed. He's the breadwinner in the family now. I have no problem with that. All right. Let's <laughs> move on to a review of week three. And let's start here. Andrew Luck. And company, and I have to stress the and company. I saw Tony Dungy on Sunday night say, Andrew Luck single-handedly saved the Colts season um, in Tennessee. I said, did Tony Dungy not watch the game? Because that's not the way I saw it there. And then Cam Newton, very quietly, not the prettiest win, but that's usually the way it goes down there. They quietly get to 3-0. and There's, you know, people are more interested in talking about his outfits than they are the way he plays out there. I start with you. Andrew Luck, is he overrated? Is Cam Newton underrated, or are both statements true? Uh, I think I think Luck is where he should be. Hmm. Uh, he's a winner. It, it doesn't look good, but he finds a way to win every year. Last year they started off 0-2. They went to the championship game. So that that he's just a winner, and you can't quantify that. You can't put stats and all that. He just figures out a win game. Yeah, he's going to throw, turn the ball. He's going to throw picks. He's going to fumble. He's going to get sacked. But somehow, someway, he usually finds a way to win. Cam Newton, on the other hand has no weapons. He is the most underrated quarterback in the league right now. He is out there with nobody other than Greg Olson. Greg Olson. And they start Ted Ginn. Right. Well, think about it. Jonathan Stewart's banged up year after year, and they still find a way to win. Cam Newton does a, a wonderful job with these guys. I don't know something they, they haven't tried to get him weapons. You take away Steve Smith, you give him Kelvin Benjamin, and then this year you don't even think about drafting receiver in the first round. It's a, 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 I agree with you about that. Handsome Hank, how say you? I would say that Andrew Luck's a little overrated. I know you're a big fan of the gunslinger and everything that that brings, but he's thrown too many picks. And this year, he's not like he, and, until yesterday, they weren't winning games. So I think um, I think maybe some of it has. I wouldn't say it's gone to his head because I don't think Andrew Luck's that kind of guy. But I think that the uh, I think there's a little bit too much self-belief, and he's probably given the, all the weapons that are around him. He's probably kind of uh, thinks that he can get away with a lot of stuff that he couldn't. I, I said this um, on Sunday to you guys just to see where you guys come down on this. I really believe if Andrew Luck were black, Cam Newton were white, the way that America regards them, the way they're spoken about by the media and so on, would be vastly different. I think if Andrew Luck were black, they'd say, hey, this kid, he's got all the talent in the world, but he just doesn't get it. I mean, too many interceptions in year four, whereas Cam Newton winning those games, scratching it out, putting a team on his back, they would say, this guy, like, you, well, basically what you said it's about Andrew Luck, this guy's got winner written all over him. Not, might not be pretty, but, boy, he pulls that team through. You got to respect that. Ike. We, we like to justify. You got to. So so what you going to say? You're going to compare him to a Brett Favre and say he's a what? A right. gunslinger. Now, we all know Brett Favre is a future Hall of Famer or a Hall of Famer, but at the same time, man, he has thrown a lot of interceptions. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you got a Cam Newton who we feel like uh, wins and works with less than probably any other quarterback in the league, he's highly underrated. So is it the paint job, what we want to call it? Is it the paint <laughs> job situation when you want to talk about a quarterback? MJD. I, I think of when you look at this, you got to talk about Ryan Mallett because he's kind of the one right in the middle of everything, right? Ryan Mallett's <laughs> a guy, he's white, but they, they treat him as if he was like... A brother. A brother, yeah, because that's the way he acts. I think... You know what? It's sad to say this, but yes, you're right. I think if Cam was white, that he'd be treated so much different. I mean, when he first came out, the owner says, are you thinking about getting any tattoos? Really? Like, what is the that? The Ed Hockley you... thing, the really? pseudo scandal there. Right? You're too young to get a, uh, a personal file. Right. I, you know, you How can you read between the lines on that a little bit. I mean, I get it. I get it. This kid is winning. He's, doing, he's defying everything that we thought he couldn't do. He's, he's winning. I don't think, you know, I, I said uh, I said that three weeks in, to me, as good as Brady's been, Julio Jones, Andy Dalton, to me, the MVP of the league three weeks in is is Cam Newton. I mean, we talk about You've he has nobody on. You've gone too far. 
Well, you've I mean, he has no he has no weapons around him on you've, offense. You've gone too far. But that's that's such a literal translation of MVP. Like no, that's I, not how it works I, out. That's not how I, they. I, actually... I like Cam, but he's not the MVP. Tom Brady right. is that guy right it, now. All right. Tell the well, truth. I mean, listen, I'm trying to tell the truth. Two straight division titles. He's got that team once again. Like he's I say, South though. Ted Ginn. Ted Tom, Ginn is a starter for Tom that Brady team. Tom Brady is that guy. Tom right Brady. They're on the verge of doing what they did in 07. Right. Without, without all those weapons. He debunks. Apparently, I'm the, I, then I'm leading the bandwagon for number one, Cam Newton, because Cam Newton, for all the talk about, you know, after a little while, after a couple of years, you can't run around as a quarterback anymore. You're diminishing returns. Cam Newton keeps on doing it. Everybody else has backed off that from this era, but Cam Newton keeps on making plays with his legs. He makes plays with the arm. He's getting a little more accurate as he goes along now. Well, I, I mean, like- I, I think people continue I know that he celebrated as a lot of commercials and everything, but I still think when you hear, when people start talking about who are the best quarterbacks in the NFL, you don't hear Cam Newton's name come up in the top five or six ever. Well, I think more people can relate to and- Andrew Luck than they can Cam Newton. I mean, think about it. This guy's flashy. He's always happy. He's outgoing. He's very confident. Everything about him breeds success. And we're not used to that. Not coming from this guy who comes from Auburn. He was a winner there. He goes to Carolina. He turns him into a winner. We're all used to the Andrew Luck, hard, blue-collar guy, comes out of Stanford, you know, everything's about him. Dad was this and that. We all... I, well, see, you just said that's part of the perception. He's a blue-collar guy? Why is it because he wears a blue jersey? because no, he has a beard. That's like... <laughs> blue-collar, hard work, great community, great family guy. He's all right, well, isn't Cam with, Newton all those things? Would love for him to, if I had a daughter, marry my daughter. Cam on the other end, watch out. <laughs> Don't come to my door, Cam. I'm surprised by the answers we've gotten here today. Now let's talk about something I'm also surprised by. That's the Miami Dolphins three weeks in. I thought this was going to be a team that might knock off the New England Patriots. Because it seems like we had a little beef. Oh, yeah. It's funny because Handsome has given you the business personally and your Jacksonville Jaguars. (laughs) So, Hank, how does it feel when you waste $100 million? Uh, Well, I didn't waste my own $100 million, but if I had done, I'd be feeling pretty angry right now because he, Sue has gone missing. Tannehill's been been pretty much terrible. Um, The offensive line stinks. They remember that the year before they won free agency by getting Brandon Albert. The year before that, they won free agency by getting Mike Wallace. He's not there anymore. Uh, it's a horrible team all around. Coaching, bad, I, well, you everything know what, about handsome, it is bad. It's easy to put it on 17, and he now, deserves I, and a I lot of the I blame. I think he's one of the top five reasons that they're oh, in the hole. He's in. the number three. The defense was supposed to be dominant just like the Bills and Jets, but this Dolphins defense hasn't shown up so far, Ike. Still looking for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still looking they're for them. They're out there freestyling, Ike. You know it. Man, right now, we didn't wrote a script. We didn't wrote a script for everybody. We want everybody to, as a rapper. I didn't wrote a script. I didn't wrote my old lines. But now, here comes Sue and this money. And now we just freestyling. <laughs> everybody freestyling. Song ain't hitting on nothing. We can't even break the top 200 because everybody doing what they want to do. I can't have that. I can't have it. It's, I think it's just their way of thinking, trying to attack free agency to be their, their foundation, is the worst idea yep. you could ever do in football. Apparently, once again, another yeah. I mean, I know Darrell Revis a big uh, a big signing for the Patriots, but you're exactly right. There are very few examples of teams going out and spending tons of money like that. Piece of, if it's the last piece no. of the puzzle, then maybe it works. But, you, but the, you've it, got to build the foundation. This is the issue when you do that. Say if you we do pay Sue, right? And we know what Sue can what he was in Detroit, but he comes to Miami and he he's nothing near that right now. Now your locker room's messed up because right. you you have a guy there who probably played well last year who was looking to get paid, and you didn't pay him. So now he's going to talk to – if I'm him, I'm going to talk to you about it. You're going to talk to Ike. Ike's going to talk to you. Now your, your locker room split. Because I went, I went through that in, two, in uh, Jacksonville as well, 2008. Paid Jerry Porter. We paid Drayton Florence. We had two guys that needed to get paid. We had a linebacker that needed to get paid and a left tackle. And we went out and paid these two guys. Drayton got banged up a little in the year, and the team started to attack him. Jerry Porter played, I want to say, had 10 catches. Hmm. And get ten million dollars. It's, it's, it's tough when you want to talk about when you want to talk about a guy like Reeves. Though pretty much every team he's been on, saying he's been like one of our hardest workers. I don't hear that coming from Miami about right. hmm. Sue being one of the hardest workers. So you mean to tell me my best player slash my most my highest paid player the is the is investment. the is the hardest worker on the team? You 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 can't account for that. You know what I'm saying? So this guy's coming in day in day out putting his work in before practice, during practice, and after practice, and he's going to do for me on the field, 
he just so happened to be getting paid a lot. If I get that from my top guy, like Antonio Brown, like A.B., he's not the highest paid. I mean, sure, he will be. I'm sure they're going to renegotiate, but he's the hardest worker. So if I get that from Sue, it's easy to coach a team. If I can't get that from Sue right now, it's going to even be harder on me. Sunday's game planning in general as a coaching staff, they put a lot of time and a lot of hours in. And now I got my head guy, my highest paid guy, freestyling, not wanting to run the defense. I don't know if last year was a fluke because he wanted to get paid, but I feel like I didn't get paid when he got paid, but I got paid two pretty big contracts. But as soon as that ink dried, my mindset was, I want to get paid some more. Okay, how you going to get paid some more? I got to be the hardest worker. I got to be the first one in, the last one out, and that's going to dictate. Now Coach T using me as the example, like, hey, yeah, he just high, he's the highest paid corner on our team, but this guy comes in every day, week in, week out, doesn't miss a practice. If the game goes his way or not his way, he's still the same person. It's easier for Coach to use me as an example. In, I would uh, like in, that. In, in, in I will continue to work hard, too, if well, I ever become the say. highest paid at the NFL. Dave, I want everybody Dave is to that know. guy I want for the NFL to know media that group. That. He's the guy who everyone looks up to and is like, I want to I want to, I want to get paid like Dave and I'm going to work like Dave. Hey, there's no I in team, right. though, you know. Anyway, yeah, Handsome, I, I like what MJD's talking about. How, so go ahead. You're a Dolphins lover, Handsome. Put him in order. Who do you blame? Do you blame? I blame, um, well, I blame, outside of the players, I blame the, the GM and, and everyone for not getting that offensive. I mean, the offensive line is a mess. And that's why I don't think that Tannehill is totally at fault because he was hurt this week, his ankle. He couldn't do any of the things that he you needed. You gave him $100 million. I get no that. excuse. I'm not making an excuse for him, but his offensive line is terrible. Once you do this to that that Mm -hmm. contract, there is no excuse once you go over $100 million is a lot of money, and now you're telling me your ankle hurts? You don't have an ankle. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have that. You don't don't get hurt at $100 million. That's just one of the things, so don't give me that. The offensive line is bad. The defensive line is playing. But, but, I mean, what can he do if he doesn't have time? If they can't run the ball, then everyone knows that he's going to be throwing the ball. Well, then the the person to blame is the one who decided that he deserves $100 million regardless of situation. The guys, if you're going to pay them that kind of loot, then they must be able to rise above whatever the circumstance. Brady, Payton, Rodgers, Roethlisberger, these guys rise above. $100 million is middle-class quarterbacks now. $100 million is still a middle-class quarterback. That's not the top end of of what those quarterbacks are getting paid. It doesn't matter. It's $100 million. You you still, I mean, you might not be elite playing-wise, but $100 million, man, that's that's some of the elite. That's some of the elite quarterbacks. And I don't like throwing numbers out there for, for players because we feel like, man, I want a player to get paid. Regardless if I feel like you should have got paid that or not, I still want you to get paid because I know no, how hard it is just playing football in general. But, man, just be, now that you're the quarterback and you have that $100 million, people are going to talk about how invincible you should be with that $100 million. It, it's what, time. What? In year four, I, I hear you on the ankle. I hear you on the offensive line. But I, And I've been, you know, pretty forgiving of – Ryan Tannehill reminding you, like, listen, he's only played the position for six years of his life, but this team was built now. It yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it was time for this team There's to take no off. There's no doubt about that, but, but keeping Phil, that team has taken on the personality of their coach, and unfortunately their coach has no personality. <laughs> so that, that's why the team, if you look at it, like, what, do you, what is this team who about? You, who, would you, who do you want to be the coach then? Who would be the coach? I, I mean, I don't know. Just throw a name out there. Let's just see. Well, they, I mean, last season, if they hadn't kept Philbin, they might have had a shot at Rex Ryan. That's pretty much the opposite end of a coach. Or Dave's Jim always, Harbaugh. Or Jim Harbaugh. Well, may, I, don't, I think that, that shit that made sure sailed when he went to say But, uh, I, I mean, I think they need the, a guy with some kind of personality because there isn't the lead, there isn't a le- real leader in that locker room. I don't know who the guy is if you, that they look to, and that was obvious it's on the sidelines. I know, exactly. I agree. Dollars. But it, that, on the sidelines yesterday, me. that was not evident. That so, personality coming from Sue. Like, I'm going to sit. I'm right. gonna sit. Should be. As soon as I sit down, as soon as Sue signed that contract, I'm like, Sue, hey, man, I need you to be my enforcer right. on and off the field. I need you to be this guy who I can turn to the team and be like, yeah, this guy's getting paid a lot. We know his reputation. But, man, he's one of the leaders. He comes in every time. That's what I'm doing if I'm, right, if I'm Mr. Should Field. Be. Richie Incognito was the guy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, I get it. A lot of people don't doesn't like what he did and all those things. But are, do you see what he's doing in Buffalo right now? He's, he's moving guys out the you, way. You, yeah. you, need, you need a few of them guys. We had Joey Porter. Yeah. Like, Joey Porter was the enforcer. I had John or, Henderson. Yeah, Joey Porter was the enforcer. Mike Pearson. Mm-hmm. Like, we... James Harrison is prime. James Farron is prime. Like, them guys in their prime, what we want to call it, was, like Coach Mitch say, boy dogs 
or alpha males. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you need a few of them guys, and they have an alpha male on that team with Sue. I hope Sue can turn the corner. I, I really can't blame the coach for everything because it might not have been a coach's decision to pay Tannehill all that money. It might have been the front I'm office. I'm sure it wasn't because there's like you know seven layers saying? of people. It, it, it might have been the front office. So, like I, I said again, man, I'm not complaining Tannehill got that money, but now Tannehill has that money. We still have to produce. Well, that's a good place to jump uh, to the Baltimore Ravens because without Suggs, obviously no Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, they're long gone. Hello, Dinata. In Detroit, not like it's looking good there either. But 0-3 for the bald birdies. They look good in, you know, a mile high in week one. But nonetheless, they're 0-3 now. They finished already, MJD? I think so. I mean, right now. I, I think mean, they're down 3-plus to the Bengals. They've lost the head-to-head, so they're 3-plus right. down there. They can't run the ball, and you're finding a way to lose. Steve Smith did everything in his power to bring you back. And you allowed A.J. Green to win. I mean. Right now, you're thinking about Denver. Okay, your defense, you can't score points. Your defense gets a pick six. And then all of a sudden, Joe Flacco throws a pick six. Then you throw a pick at the end of the game, which is okay. Then you go to Oakland. You're getting a dogfight with the Raiders? I mean, I, I love the Raiders. I'm a Raiders fan, but let's be honest. I mean, Baltimore's supposed to win that in a long time. But you lead the guys around. Car throws a great uh, pass at the end. Guys wide open. I mean, they're, every uh, phase of the game is taking their, their time to kind of mess up, right? I mean, it seems like the offense is messing up. Then when they're not messing up, it's the defense. Then when they're not messing up, the special teams. Handsome Hank, real quick. Oh, by the way, Handsome Hank's leaving us after today because he's flying off to London, England mm, for a pro football game next Sunday. So you won't be around. Weigh in real quick here. Mike Vick Steelers against uh, Flacco's Ravens. On I already Thursday said night. it just now. I think the Steelers win the game. Hmm. All right. Let's move on then to Steve Smith. And A.J. Green, two former rivals of Ike Taylor and the Pittsburgh Steelers there. Who's the tougher cover, Ike? We've talked about this before. Get into it again. Well, A.J. right now, because he, he's younger. You know what I'm saying? Two boy dogs. Mm-hmm. Two, two alpha receivers. Two receivers that bring two different kind of personalities. Yeah, completely different personalities, Two right? different personalities, but when you're the quarterback, when the game is on the line, look at you're Ike. going, see, look, so I shouldn't even be playing that game. And that man just took away from me. That was his first touchdown on me in about eight games. <laughs> once he did that, I was like, okay. It's tough. I did smash him on that one, though. And that's what it broke a forearm. <laughs> and once again. The black shoes look good. Yeah, I- the black shoes ain't look bad. But, man, when you got a boy dog like that, man, A.J. Green is that guy. Is that guy. You know what I'm saying? Uh-oh. He kind of stiff on him. We can't see that. A.J. Green <laughs> does not seem like the sword who's trash talking out there. No, nah, he, he's not going to trash talk. But if you ask someone to. The Cincinnati Bengals, I have been his kryptonite. So the time he scored on me, that's I figure, man, it's time to, it's time to hang them cleats up. What about Steve Smith? Steve Smith, another boy dog. Uh, he, he's five and some change. But he feel like he should have been six and some change. So how does he play with that mentality? Man, I'm going to play six, seven today. Or I'm going to play five, 12 today. Five, 12 means I'm six feet. <laughs> I'm going to play five, 12 today. No, I'm not that tall, but I do have a solid body. And he breaks away tackles like this all the time. So them them five, them six-yard routes, and he's making them 40, 50-yard gains, that's what Steve Smith does. By the way, he doesn't mind running across the middle. At the same time, he can take it deep. The man still went to the fountain of youth. You know, MJD, yeah, it's one thing to play running back. It almost lends itself. You know, your stature almost lent itself to being effective in a way, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But a little (laughs) guy playing wide receivers is especially rough. Steve Smith, Hall of Fame bound, yes? No, definitely. I I think, but his style of play was different than anyone else. And it it was his determination, his mentality to be the best. I mean, you have those big receivers. They don't like to grow across the middle. Mm -hmm. You know, you have some guys that they don't like to run slants and drag routes. They don't want to get hit. He'll do whatever it takes. He'll block. I've seen him crack back on guys. Reminds me of little Heinz Warden. Yes, he did. And and it's it's the small things like that. Like, a receiver willing to block and take his pride in his blocking says a lot about his personality. All right, let's move on to uh, some leftovers. The Sheck Report is available every Monday night, Tuesday morning. After the football weekend concludes, 
Handsome Hank, there are a few leftovers, though. Let's start okay. with Brandon Marshall uh -oh. in New York what was he doing? on Sunday. I have no idea. What did you make of what was uh, the, plan? the former Dolphin here? He called it the worst play in NFL history. Yeah, it might be. I mean, uh, it really might be. It was an interesting decision there. I, I, uh, I mean, I guess he saw something and he wanted to make something happen, but, like, yeah, bad idea. Like, that was never going to work out. That's a shame. That's too bad. A lot of green. The green play. bowl. Jets versus... It, uh, Versus the Eagles. Trying to make a play. It, it wasn't the worst play in, in, in NFL history, but what he was doing was too much. <laughs> Throwing it the into the ears. He was doing play. too much. <laughs> yeah. That's all that was. What, I, the Jets have, I guess you could call it the third worst play, the first and third, because you had the butt fumble, which <laughs> that's a good point, the worst yeah. play, and then this one. What happened here, MJD? Uh -huh. Nate Washington tries to, uh, or Ryan Mallet tries to find Nate Washington. Ryan Mallett, you know, in spite of finally game. getting the team off to Schneid, is I still like taking him. heat for not looking good. But that should have been oh. a touchdown right <laughs> No, that wasn't his fault. He, he, lost it, he lost it in the, uh, in the lights. He lost it in the lights. <laughs> that was a good pass. <laughs> that that, that happens light. all the time. Yeah, too. he lost it in the light. That happens all that the time. That wasn't Mallett's fault. That was I didn't say it's Mallett's fault. fault. I said it's Nate Washington's that, fault. That oh, yeah, Nate Boo, Nate Boo got a, he got a, he got adjusted it. <laughs> that happens all the time, yeah. though, especially when you play those uh, 4 o'clock games or if the, the sun's just going right. down and they'll, they'll be right there over the stadium. There's so many times you're like, please don't throw this check down. Because hmm. if you throw it, I'm going to... Speaking of please don't throw it, I bet oh. that's what uh, some coaches were saying on this play here. Let's take a look at... Uh, this was a This didn't happen play. in week three, 2015. Take it a was look at aggressive here. play. Look at uh -oh. how to break the tackle. Oh, look at the cannon. Look at the oh. <laughs> you see the cannon though? That was that was on that the was, run. That was all right, MJ. All right. Oh. That thing was what are your career it? stats? I should really uh, have one for one. Uh one tug. Look at that <laughs> throw on the run though. <laughs> oh. I've never heard anybody brag so much. <laughs> and I got hit while I was throwing it yeah, too. Here yeah. goes oh. my tug though. Okay. Watch me. Oh. Got him. Oh. Got him. And I put it, look at it, hit him right in the face mask. You look at the other view. UCLA yeah, connection yeah, there. Got, got to do that. Got to get my guy. Watch, this, about to watch why I put it on his, right in his face mask. Let me see if he's driving in the pocket. Ooh. He used back shoulder. Look, back, back shoulder. Right, in the, uh, right on top of the numbers. Right on top of the numbers. <laughs> Golly, I know. I got to tell him. Look at that. On the run, though. I mean, there's not. Got defender him. can't stop that. Not many quarterbacks. Not many quarterbacks can no. throw like that. On the run. No. no, that was legit. Very MJ. impressive. Yeah. But the Very first impressive. pick, though, I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't supposed to throw it. They were like, just tuck it if it's not there. But I was like, let me try. I don't know. This my, I, I might not do. ever get a chance to throw it again. So I'm gonna let, let it happen. I'm gonna let it rain. I appreciate that. All right. So coming up, your Monday night recap. But first, the aforementioned Sheck Report. Enjoy. The Sheck Report with Dave Damashek reporting. Damashek here. An explosive week three is in the books. Now it's my turn. Just remember, players and coaches, don't get angry at me if I call your name. Ultimately, I didn't do this to you. You did this to you. Let it begin! At number five, the curse of the number nine. Hey, facts are facts. This September, the Niners and nine-wearing QBs, Romo, Stafford, and Breeze, have been battered, beaten, and or just plain bad. And yeah, Jay Cutler may wear the number six, but when he turns himself upside down like he did in week two, yep, it's a number nine. And what's September? That's right, the ninth month of the year. Wake up, people. Does this mean 12s like Brady, Rodgers, and Seahawks fans are cursed in December? Probably not. Probably. But I do think we ought to change Ryan Tannehill's number to nine. Oh, and P.S., what I said about the number nine, same goes for the number seven, right? Bradford, Roethlisberger, Kaepernick, and Geno. At number four, take a look here at Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I think I'm back. Yeah, it does appear he's back, but I'm more interested in looking at the guy behind Peterson's back. Looks like Billy Bob Thornton there. Can you imagine trying to do interviews with some random guy's arm draped across your... Oh. So are you just going to... Number three. The St. Louis Rams pyrotechnics gang for exploding the field in the pregame on Sunday. When are we going to realize fireworks and pro football don't mix? 
When are we going to realize that fireworks and pro football don't mix? Come on, everybody. At number two, Cam Chancellor, who just last week absolutely positively needed to hold strong with his holdout while the rest of the Seahawks played Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. This week, though, with Jimmy Clausen and the sad Bears in town, Chancellor was magically ready to be the hero. What a fella. You know, that's like Batman skipping a fight with Bane, but showing up to tackle Egghead. Yeah, that's a reference to the old 60s Adam West Batman. It's so dated, I'm guessing the only people in the NFL old enough to get it are Warren Buffett and Brandon Whedon. And that brings me to number one in this week's brown paper bag of shame. You know, with some high-profile teams still winless, we're getting beaten over the head with the allegedly informative stat about how hard it is to get to the playoffs when you start 0-3. Yeah, it's true, everybody. Can you believe it? Teams starting 0-3 don't get to the playoffs. You know who else doesn't get to the playoffs? Bad teams. And you know what bad teams do? They start 0-3. Kind of circular, ain't it? You know what? For everybody trying to pass off numbers like that as though it's inside information, I got this for you. It's a brown paper bag of shame. That right there. Till next time, try not to embarrass yourselves. Let's go get something to eat. So there you have it, your latest edition of the Sheck Report. I hope and trust, nay demand, that you enjoyed it. Look at this. Back in Studio 66, running at maximum strength. As we are joined by two of the original visitors here in 66 for three or four years. I think it's been at least probably three years since the guy way over there on the left, if you're watching us on video, first shadowed the door here from Around the NFL, the host of the Around the NFL podcast, and to my left and his right, the boss of Around the NFL. Check out their fine pages, of course, at NFL.com. It's Dan Hanzoos and Greg Rosenthal. What's the poop, fellas? Whenever... I come back on the show, it's like I'm going to see my stepdad again, the guy that gave me my start, the guy that I look up to as a mentor. Wow. It shows a lot of respect, too, because he has it in his contract that he only sits right there in the big host chair. But only for you would he move over here. If you want to sit on my lap, you're more than welcome to, (laughs) Andrews. Either way, a good Monday, well, not a good Monday night football game on Monday night. If you're a Chiefs fan, a grand one once again. In Lambeau, Aaron Rodgers unstoppable, people swooning, at least this side of pro football focus. Real quick, fellas, we'll get caught up, but let's take a look at the highlights from Monday night. Rodgers sublime. Whew. I love his footwork. You know, here's they the thing. Get, be- they get really worked up about footwork. I never know what that means, but when they show Aaron Rodgers, I kind of understand it. You Speaking know of I mean? worked up, you almost had to hose down uh, John Gruden in the broadcast booth. <laughs> He's getting a little, like, uncomfortable. Love of Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Well, you know, John Madden spent the last decade of his career swooning over Brett Favre. He didn't Mm. go two sentences without invoking Favre's name. I mean, but Rodgers, in my book, deserves it. You know, we've quickly gotten away from the fact just three weeks in that he doesn't have Jordy Nelson, and then they lose Devontae Adams in the first... uh, on the first play of the game, and it makes no difference whatsoever to Rodgers. To me, there's just no question that he's not just the best quarterback we're looking at now, but the best quarterback ever. Mm. Meantime, the Chiefs go to one and two. Any concerns there for you, the boss, Greg Rosenthal? Well, I'm concerned that they're on primetime too much. That's my concern. Who decided to put the Chiefs on (laughs) Thursday night and Monday night football back-to-back? I don't think we'll see them again the rest of the season. I mean, to me, there have always been one of the most boring teams in the league because of Alex Smith. The defense, which they thought was going to be a lot better, in the end, didn't look any better last night. I think they're like an 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven type of... Oh, I don't know team. about that, although they should be 2-1 and one because had Jamal Charles not dropped the ball twice against the Broncos, they would be... We would be looking at this team completely and differently. That, but my, my Super Bowl pick of the Chiefs oh. looking, is looking what? great. What? They would still bore me, though. I mean, a team I, that... I thought that was not the conversation if it's boring to you or well, not. But they don't throw the ball down the field. It, they finally got the wide receiver touchdown. I love Mike Tirico acting like... Uh, was this in the throes of a pill addiction? The Chiefs pick? <laughs> Maybe. Once that, you gave up on the Texans, you, you went to the Chiefs? Like, what other mid-level uh, team can I go for? I, I mean, now, I don't know if, if, you're, if, if it's smart to be taking shots at me for my Matt Ryan Mallett support. He's two starts in. He's got a first, his first win now. He's certainly going to get another one. He can Chris, throw it hard. 
That's right. Yeah. He can throw Those it hard. fast. He's six foot five. He played well in the mighty SEC. What more evidence do you need that, that, that he has a chance at least? He was great at that locker room game in Hard Knocks where they bounce around the, the beach yes. ball. I don't know if you saw that one. I saw it. Seemed like I, a well-liked guy. I've said, and I wrote this on in my end around column, that I am going to treasure. I don't know how many more Ryan Mallett starts we get left like as a football fandom, but uh, I'm going to treasure them all because they're so absurd. He's <laughs> such an interesting, strange guy. Like the Superman move uh, in Charlotte when they were down 14 points. The fact that after Hoyer bombed out in week one, he had a quote where he said, I don't care if my teammates believe in me. I only have to believe in myself. Like just give me more Ryan Mallett. Totally different reasons than you, Dave. I don't believe him, but I just I'm entertained by him. Well, I mean, as you said, the other uh, the other option is Brian Hoyer. So I I mean, the assumption that Ryan Mallett's going to see the bench at some point soon it, it is probably uh, the reality of Brian Hoyer standing on the sideline to Bill O'Brien's left mm-hmm. or right is probably going to quell any desire from Texans fans to see that guy. As someone that considers himself Dan Hansis' mentor, really responsible <laughs> for his career. I mean, aren't you impressed with him just throwing in the plug uh, to his column, the great column, the end around, just very smoothly. Learned that from like, too. He, he wasn't able to do that three years ago. He's I've come never, a long way. I have to check that out. It sounds like it's good <laughs> stuff there. What's it called again? The, the end, end around every Friday on NFL.com <laughs> slash around the NFL. Okay, I'll keep a, a lookout for it. Hey, real quick, another piece that I really enjoy. You know, Aaron Rodgers, I, he has to be number one now. On Greg Rosenthal's QB Index. It oh, comes yeah. out every Thursday on NFL.com. Make sure you check it out. It's Greg's moneymaker. I crack wise about pro football focus, but they evaluated Rodgers' performance against every other QB in the NFL in week three, and somehow he was in the middle of the pack. He was barely ahead. He had a of negative rating. It was tough. It's tough to figure out. Well, they say they only are grading post-snap. And I guess what they're saying is a lot of his passes were passes anyone could have completed, which I would disagree. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but it, it's right away admitting that you're completely ignoring maybe half of the position if you're only post-snap, right? I mean, I know it's hard to evaluate what they're doing pre-snap, but isn't that basically why Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are who they are? This is the forest through the trees moment for PFF where they need to sit down in a big uh, loft somewhere in the offseason and recalibrate this whole thing. Well, because you cannot have a negative grade when you throw five touchdowns and have a pass rating of one. Here's an outside-the-box idea. Jonathan Papelbon has some free time all of a sudden. <laughs> Maybe Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy would do well to bring in Papelbon to straight Rodgers out, play the game the right way. <laughs> Nick Foles was ranked ahead of Aaron Rodgers this week. <laughs> Two field goals. You watched that Foles performance. All right, let's talk about uh, – let's go through some of the QBs here. Okay. Let's play a little fill-in-the-blank, shall we? Some okay. foot blank. Ooh. Aaron Rodgers – is Dan Hansus? I start with you. The greatest ever. Dot dot dot. Right now. Why? But I, I will, I will right say. Now? I will say. And Dave, we've had co- countless conversations about Peyton Manning and where you stand. But don't we have to hold him to the same level? If Aaron Rodgers only has one title so far, just like Peyton. Give me, give me one more ring. That's all I need. And then don't get hurt. Don't go in the tank That's right. statistically. And I think we are looking at the greatest quarterback of all time. Aaron Rodgers has a lot of time left. The, 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 when people say to me, Peyton Manning, well, Dave, you, you hold uh, Peyton's feet to the fire on only having that one ring. First of all, I came against Rex Grossman, one. Two, Doesn't he's played twice as long as Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not going anywhere for quite some time. So, yes. If he gets to be 37 or 38, then maybe it will be an issue. But right now, it's not. Well, he hasn't been healthy at the end of the year, the last couple That's of right. seasons. That's been a big factor. But they're putting him in position to win one of these. It has been a little disappointing, though. If, if when, when we left the Super Bowl, when he won that, I would not have thought five years later that they would have not even gotten back to another crack, considering the it roster is amazing. there. If they, get, if they have Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for 30 years or whatever it's going to be and only get two titles out of it, one each, That'll be the greatest failing mm. by any organization in the history. Same of the as the Ravens. Wow, I love hyperbole, <laughs> but I think there's some weight to that one. That's oh, yeah. legit. That's I think true. that's a pretty good one. That's Atlanta Bravesy kind of underachievement. But even more so because the quarterback is so much more important than any other position player in any sport, and you have the two best, uh, arguably, of their generation. All right, but you're but you're throwing out a big if there. And by but the yeah, way, Eli Manning has two. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a little weird. I mean, you can't just totally do it off of trophies. Then Eli Manning is just, you know, he's better than Aaron Rodgers. No, it's I mean, because obviously you don't look at it that way. It's, no, I don't. Weighing it it's very tough on Greg. The, the Pats Giants Super Bowls continue to haunt him as a fan. I'm yeah. just saying you can evaluate it different ways. Aaron Rodgers, first of all, just to quickly go back, yes. the game against the Giants when they were 15-1 and one in the postseason, nobody on that team could catch that day, so that prevented them from making a little run there. Jump to last season, they obviously went into Seattle and beat that team. The series of flukes that conspired against Rodgers and company to keep them out of the Super Bowl were, I mean, you know. Eight was, different things. I remember writing the post the day Eight after. different things. The worst through, loss there ever. Eight moments that if any of them happened differently, they would have won the game and everything went toward the Seahawks. Aaron Rodgers is the best player. And and mm. for the record, I see all the Johnny-come-latelys. They were distracted by 18 the last few years and his deeds in Denver. For the record, Damashek in that Super Bowl year, before he won that ring, mm. declared him the greatest of all time. I said he will go down in history as the greatest of all time. And now you're here and the Johnny come lately's jump on that bandwagon. <laughs> Let the record show who said it first. Way back five years ago. I can see it. I'm the QB whisperer. I'm saying Aaron Rodgers is Michael Jordan. And this is a shout out to our guy Chris Wesling who's been saying this for three weeks that he's at the point of his career now where everything seems so easy to him and he's pulling off unbelievable plays each week he didn't really on on monday night football this was more of a block and tackle game but now he has three or four plays each week where he's throwing across his body after evading a bunch of defenders where everything seems so easy he's at the very peak of his powers right now and far ahead of the pack like i i had i i called it the big three last week i think the big three now is rogers ben and Tom Brady. Those are the big three. But, sea change. But ultimately, Rodgers is still pretty far ahead of those other two. Abs- uh, well, you know what? We talked to Ike Taylor and Maurice Jones-Drew, and they fought back. They pushed mm. back at me on my declaration that uh, Rodgers is clearly the best. We don't have to discuss this anymore. And they said, hold on now. What about 12? Well, I mean. The other 12. The, right. the silver, red, and blue one. He's not going to wow you as much with those plays. But if, you know, we're talking PFF and pre-snap he's going to be better than that at anyone and maybe better at calling plays they're going to be more aggressive but you know he's still right where he's always been here's the most fascinating thing to me about Rodgers it's so fun to watch him play but his body language the way he carries himself on the field there was a play in Monday night's game where they got waved off by the defensive holding call I believe but he gets brought down for a sack and loses the ball for a fumble and then you see the slow motion as he's getting dragged to the ground he has that same look on his face where he's just like Eh, that's kind of a bummer. But, like, he's always in control. I've never seen a quarterback, and Joe Montana back in the day got credit for this, deservedly so, but a guy that is so in control of the moment at all times. Even when he's in peril in that situation, he's not in a panic. That's why it's not close with Tom Brady, because... Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers is almost as good at Tom Brady and at the mental side of the game and throwing to the right receiver and setting up everyone else. But Tom Brady isn't adding those three or four plays each game where he's evading the tackler and making plays on his own and just wowing you. Here's the other thing, and Brady deserves credit for doing it with Gronk and a bunch of guys that are, you know, probably, you know, mediocre to poor. And Julian Edelman certainly wouldn't be a star anywhere but in Well, maybe with Aaron Rodgers he would be, but, you know, Gronk is certainly better than any pass catcher, including Randall Cobb, that Aaron Rodgers has. I mean, the the, the idea that, well, Rodgers always has the benefit of all those great wide receivers. Like, who who are you talking about always? I mean, I know Jordy Nelson is good. Is Jordy Nelson a definite star no matter where he goes? I I think he's a top 10 receiver no matter where he goes. Look at what he's doing with James Jones, who's a heartbeat from being out of the league. And now if you look at the numbers, statistically, he's probably one of the most productive wide receivers in the entire league right now. Well, I made the point. always gets credit for it, too, that, oh, they always can pick up those gems in the third or fourth round. Well, that, that's fine. Tom Brady makes the receivers in New England, and Aaron Rodgers makes the receivers in Green Bay. And that's why you can't put Jordan, like Wes, I think, is putting together his top 10 wide receivers. He's like, what about Jordan Nelson? And I'm, I can't oh, I get Jordan behind Nelson it. There. I can't because if you put Jordan Nelson on the Jets, He's a 1,000-yard receiver. Yeah. You put him on the pack, he's a 1,700-yard receiver. Hey, let me tell you something. He's, a, he's the Michael Jordan, uh, this Aaron Rodgers. But you know what? I, th- I think that's inaccurate, but he's close. A basketball comparison is apt. It's Magic Johnson. Okay. James jo- here, And the evidence is James Jones. James Jones is Kurt Rambis. Magic <laughs> jo- That's right. Kurt Rambis would never be on a roster 
except he could start for the LA Lakers because Magic Johnson mm-hmm. could make him relevant. You know, there are certain guys that do that. James Jones couldn't catch on with the Dirty Giants or Raiders, but he's a superstar with the Packers. What's changed there? Right. Magic Johnson is, I uh, thought is distributing the ball. That's his. John Kuhn, I thought he was Kurt Rambis in this. Hmm. Mm. All right, we'll think about that yeah. meantime. Andy Dalton, as you know, I think Aaron Rodgers might be the MVP of the league three weeks in. I declared maybe prematurely before seeing Aaron Rodgers play on Monday night that Cam Newton is the MVP three weeks in. Brady deserves consideration. Cam Newton, have you watched their games? Julio Jones, talk about doing it with nobody. But Andy Dalton, sublime so far, Andy Dalton is blank, Rosenthal. Andy Dalton is gutsy. It's the new Andy Dalton. (laughs) Gutsy. It's the new Andy Dalton. Now when they're making mistakes, he's going right back down the field. I was impressed in that Ravens game. I mean, everyone says that was a perfect game. He had a fumble return for a touchdown. He threw an interception in the end zone. But now they're going deep down the field. You look at these highlights. These are not easy throws he's making. And I've never seen that from Andy Dalton before where they're going deep down the field again and again. I like this new Andy Dalton. Hands you, you don't like take a crack at filling in the blank? No, it's fine with me. I, I can't disagree. He's been terrific so far. Andy Dalton is not to be trusted. Mm. Not yet. And Greg, you know, on our show, I am the defender of Andy Dalton yeah. when you jackals are like tearing away at his bones every January. And yeah, he needs to still put it up in January. That's why I can't get too excited right now. But his numbers and what we saw Sunday, that was a fold up the tent Andy Dalton moment in the past. And what does he do? He leads them back uh, for a win. So, yes, he looks great, but he's still got to show it to us. we got to wait a couple of months to figure this out. Still. Let me fill in the blank for you with the correct answer. Andy Dalton is wiggly. Did you see what he did to C.J. Mosley? How do you yeah, come yeah. back from that if you're C.J. Mosley? That's rough. Getting shaken out of your boots. You don't even get a mitt on the red rifle? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. maybe retire. He's been making good decisions running Andy Dolph. Banish for like four to four to six weeks and see if anybody uh, notices when you return because that's going to be a tough oh, one. Though. Who's the NFL player you'd least want to like miss a tackle against? It would be the most embarrassing. Andy Dalton Pretty would obvious. be up there. Pretty obvious. Peyton Manning probably 18. maybe at this 18 stage. Is yeah, one. I wouldn't want to get shaken out of my boots. By People 18. still remember Brian Urlacher whiffing on Tom Brady about ten years ago, right on a big Monday Night Football game. Just absolutely. Well, you do. Yeah, let's cir- let's, let's circle the Dalton v. Mosley as one of the all-time humiliations. <laughs> yeah. Now let's move on. Another three and O team. Another guy who mm. deserves uh, who deserves at least. I mean, not that there is such a thing as the three-week MVP, but uh, <laughs> Matt Ryan and Julio Jones would be a factor in that conversation too. But Matt Ryan is blank. Loving life with Julio Jones. I thought you were going to say lucky to have Julio Jones, yeah, but close. Because Julio Jones is performing at a level that he's never been at before. He's better than ever. I think he's better than every, any wide receiver in the league at this point. 34 catches through three games. That's a record. And just is torching everybody. I think if he stays healthy, this could be you know an all-time type season. Am I being curmudgeonly Rosenthal? I find these bubble screens to the superstar wide receivers unsatisfying visually. I, it's all right. I know it's the Patriots' ballywick to do that, to swing it out to Edelman and watch him go. And now everybody else is copying that play. It leads to everything. By the way, you know how everybody loves to say you could call holding on every play? You could call pick on every other play in, in mm. the NFL. Every, it's all, that's all it's about is that are these bubble screens, yeah. setting some picks, uh, you know. Ryan is a little more boring than he used to be to watch because of that. He used to be a guy who goes down the field more often. I remember especially in the Giants when he threw one deep pass the whole game. It ended up being the game winner it, essentially to Julio Jones, but it's all this short stuff. It's a good point too because you do the bubble screen and it's always like the same thing. It's like he catches it, the two guys block, and then everyone converges and he gets forced out of bounds after six to eight yards. And it's like, well, that wasn't fun. Well, stop it then. Stop it. They will stop it at some point. They'll figure it out. Defenses do that eh. until they do. Congratulations. That Ryan the Patriots is... have done it again, really jazzing up the NFL. <laughs> that Ryan is top five. How about that? He's top a... five he's... on the QB index he's... going into week four. He's a top five quarterback right Wait now. Wait a second. So well, Ben Roethlisberger's won. Roethlisberger just got knocked out because hurt. If you want to do it right, and I'm not jiving, what you should really do is to, the, to establish the, notes, the difference All right, I'm writing it between Rodgers and everybody else. Leave 
to blank. And I'm not kidding you about that. I used to have, I do it in tiers, and he was in his own tier for a few weeks, but I, I decided to put Brock I like that tier. With him. I like the tier. Maybe that's a better way to go. Yeah. Because yeah, he deserves his own category as good as, uh, as well as uh, Brady. I mean, Brady playing. is playing outrageously good right now, and so was Roethlisberger. I think he was off to his best start ever. Let's continue to write Greg's column, too. So you put right. Aaron Rodgers at the top again, and then talk about that PFF nonsense. Bang, that's your blurb, and then you go into the rest. Well, you know what else you might do? You can jump on this bandwagon, too. I'm trying to get it going here. Green Bay, the time has come. Brett Hundley, give him a look. Give him a look. <laughs> Roger, I mean, you have some nice pieces there. Don't let this season go down the tubes again because of Rogers. He's just middle of the pack. Hundley, right. mm. upside. Look good in the preseason. Why go with the guy who's going to get hurt? So you're going to rank him or not? I, all right. I'll do it for you if you I'll, want. No, it goes like this. Rogers all by himself. Then Brady. Then Roethlisberger. Yeah. After that, I think there's a significant drop-off. I agree, and I think Matt Ryan is the next guy after that right now. Boy, that, that's wild. You know, we, I had him number seven even last year. He was great last year, and no one gave him any credit for it because the team around him stunk. But sometimes it's not all about the quarterback. Oh, you know what? I, I, I just uh, We've been talking about him. We talked about him with uh, Ike Handsome and MJD, and we didn't really talk much about him uh, here. But the guy who everybody keeps sleeping on won. Cam Newton. Talk about a guy who does it with no weapons. That guy has, he's dragging that team and everybody says the same thing after their games. But yeah, I know, but so ugly to watch and everything. Man, there's something about, it's old school what he does. Uh, Cam Newton is blank. Go ahead, Mm. GR. Fun to watch. I mean, he's my most he's my most favorite. You, but five minutes ago, you said you watched him play. I, I'm saying <laughs> you were saying the MVP of the league, and I'm saying if That's you right. if you were watching the first couple Cam Newton games, you would not say they were way better than how he normally is playing. He had a nice third game. I'd say he's he's yet there they the are same guy. three and oh, against Billy lousy Brown teams. and Ted Ginn. Their opponents uh, so far this year, and I just want to say just a, a counter to that, uh, Greg. That I remember the first Falcons game where Matt. Ryan could have easily thrown five interceptions. Yeah, well, he, You can he, look at the tape and study it a certain way. Yeah, he didn't have a great first week either. Well, like I said in the Sheck report there, nine is a cursed number in the ninth month of 2015. There's, I mean, the evidence is, uh, is overwhelming and undeniable. But also, like I mentioned, the number seven, no great shakes in 2015 either. Roethlisberger, Sam Bradford has looked poor. I forget who else, and mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick, Hanzoos. Colin Kaepernick is blank. A disappointment. I don't even think that's hard enough. That's that's tough. A failure? Word. Uh, oh, that's just. The worst. Ron Jaworski said that he was going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't think that one's going to come out. He just backed off it yesterday. By the way, he, he says now, now he's no longer has the chance to be one of the greatest ever. That was terrible by Jaws. I have this somewhere. I was trying to find it. But he's like, oh, yeah, here's the actual tweet from Jaws. He says, had to shred my guy Colin Cap today. He was awful in his reads, throws, footwork, and mechanics. He has the tool set, but doesn't use them with slammers all over this place. Like, he wasn't, Jaws isn't even apologizing, being like, I got it wrong. He's just being like, oh, Kaepernick blew it. Yeah, Kaepernick I'm still right, did. but he blew it. I'll tell you, week three with Cap has really shaken my confidence in his <laughs> Hall of Fame candidacy. I mean, really, how long? I mean, this is where do you think this goes from here, Rosenthal? I would, I think he still has a chance to get better. I really do. I would say Colin Kaepernick is confusing because I thought he was spectacular against the Steelers. He had nothing to do with the reason they were down in that game, and he made six or seven throws in that game that very few quarterbacks can make. So he'll get you believing. For a week and then he'll stink. Let me give you the silver lining, and this is not at all satisfying to 49ers fans. The one thing that does stand out about him when in an, in an age where Mike Vick now has to go under center for Pittsburgh is, um, you know, it is weird to me that RG3 and Mike Vick, these supreme athletes, and they can do everything except they lack the, the, um, the vision, the, the, the sense to, that that guy's going to get to me before I can slide down. They don't have the spatial sense to know when to slide before they're going to get smacked. Colin Kaepernick, as big as he is, never takes a shot. He's great at that. Too bad he's not good at uh, throwing the ball right now. If anybody would have seen him in the Super Bowl against the Ravens and what he did leading up to that game and then thought he'd be here right now, you would be like, oh, he must have gotten hurt. Something terrible must have happened. But no, it just... What, some, along the way, if he they, lost it. He hadn't called that timeout. He, he would be a Super Bowl it winning quarterback. It is crazy to think. RG3, I mean, that kind of a decline, at least you can excuse right. it to injury and everything else. The Kaepernick thing, 
inexplicable since that Super Bowl and or and, and the the following year when he went into Lambeau and beat them, yeah. you know, up against it in the cold. Remember him making those runs, making the Packers defense scratch their heads. We can't stop this guy. Now everybody stops him. All right, listen, what a pleasure. Dan Hanzoos, Greg Rosenthal, usually Mark Sessler and Chris Wessling joining him here in Studio 66. You can call it Studio 66. That's We fine. do, by the way, and that we is... We still do. In honor of you, you're the godfather of the room. The, uh, the It is also, don't forget the QB Index on Thursday, the End Around on Friday, of course, the three podcasts Sunday, a must-watch at NFL.com and NFL Now. Tuesdays goes up on Friday as well. Three podcasts for you around the NFL, and the page is always delivered with full uh, information on all that goes on in pro football and a bit of mirth for your pleasure, too. Thanks, Dyke Taylor, MJD, Handsome Hank, Hope Hansom's having a good time over in Europe. He's on the plane already. That's how fast he made his way over there. Thanks, fellas. We'll be back with another podcast for you later in the week. In the meantime, thanks so much. It's been a thin slice of heaven. And one more thing for you, bad-mouthing Cam Newton. Find out more on the next DDFP. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.